Hi, my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor Podcast. I created this platform to help you grow and move forward easier through your transition, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Episode 171, Green Healing Show. Is your DNA stopping you from healing? It's Selena Rothenberger, functional medicine practitioner. Hello, everyone. Another episode of Green Healing Show and uh, with Selena Rothenberger. I'm going to have an uh, announcement for you about her. Uh, she's going to be in my next book, which is called The Gap. And you'll see it very soon. And uh, she actually wrote a chapter there about her own journey and what she's doing as a functional medicine. Welcome to my show, Selena. Thank you. Exciting to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so you actually talk about fertility before. And this time we're going to talk about our DNA and the genetic. So how... First of all, I just want you to uh, introduce yourself and tell me about your background. I know you already talked about this, but for my new audience, uh, something um, you have to start from yourself to um, show what you're doing exactly. Sure. Yeah. So, so my name is Selena and I am a functional medicine practitioner. And I got into this because I'm a mom who lost four children and then have two children, both of them with a chronic illness. In 2014, my oldest child was diagnosed with type one diabetes and we thought we were doing everything right. And it kind of came out of nowhere. And I was like, what happened? Why, you know, why, why, why? And I couldn't find answers in the conventional world or mainstream medicine. And that propelled me into functional medicine and into genomics and to all the things that I'm currently doing. Yes. So tell me about the DNA, the actually role of DNA in our healing. Some people really uh, believe that they actually get something from their gen genes, let, let's say diabetes, and uh, they can't get rid of it. And they have to live forever uh, with this kind of genetics that they, it, they bring, it bring it for them. So what do you recommend? How much genetic is important in our uh, healing process? Yeah. So our genes are like at the very core of our healing process. So the genes that I look at are not necessarily your disease genes. These are the genes that make up all of your biochemistry and these metabolic processes of processing your metabolism, of processing vitamins, creating antioxidants. And you've got to have the antioxidants to heal. And what a lot of people don't realize is that we eat antioxidants, but they are a fraction of the power of what our body makes for antioxidants. Like glutathione is our main antioxidant that our body makes. It's like 10,000 times more powerful than the antioxidants we get from food. So we look at the genes that are make our body makes that glutathione. So if that is off, then we can't heal because our body doesn't have that major, major piece of equipment to take care of whatever happens to be the damage. And so that's super important to look at the genes from that side. Do we have maybe a one lane highway versus a four lane highway? 
But then it also comes into putting all that into context, because if we have a four lane highway in Los Angeles, that might be perfect jeans, but it's at rush hour traffic, it could still be at a standstill, just as if we had a genetic SNP or a variation. So it's all really about context, but understanding how both of those fit together. If we're predisposed to, you know, a one lane highway in LA would even be a slower, you're hardly ever, ever going to get anywhere. So that's where it's important to look at all pieces of the equation of how is our body functioning, those building blocks to actually get healing when we have damage, damage is super important. That's kind of what I do. So you said um, gene is so important. So if you have a gene of, let's say, thyroid or uh, diabetic, uh, diabetes, the, the, does it affect your healing process? Can you help them actually remove these uh, symptoms and get back to a healthy line, as you say? Yes. And so when we look at these genes, it's important to look beyond just like the one particular SNP. So when we look at the genes, we're going to get one copy from our mother and one from our father. So when we have two different kinds of copies, that's going to be a variant or a SNP. And so the variations when we have those, it's not just going to be one particular gene like we have in the conventional world. Like, oh, you've got this one gene is associated with diabetes or Alzheimer's or breast cancer. But what leads to that imbalance to that gene showing having the most that stopped highway, there's so many other roads that lead to that. And those other genes that make that gene what we call express. And so that's where we can support all of those other like dominoes in that row to help make sure that that gene, while it may be a, a variation and you may have like a one lane highway, but everything else around, if we are working and supporting these other genes that are tied to that, that's how we can help it heal and to help make sure that we're not, um, we don't have that roadblock doesn't necessarily affect us. Because just because we have a SNP doesn't mean that we are going to have a disease. The disease is the result of imbalances. And so it's kind of shifting what our concept of disease and health really is. And once we peel back those layers, we can understand more how we can influence our genes and support these metabolic processes so that even though we may be predisposed to diabetes or Alzheimer's or whatever, we can actually control that or have a big influence on that so that we don't end up with a very diseased, disorganized, compromised metabolic system that now we're labeled with some sort of diagnosis. So let's get back to your own story, uh, your child, right? How do you, how do you actually describe her own uh, that's his right that's your son right your son. Mm -hmm. uh, how how actually uh, you describe the dna uh, in him mm -hmm. and genetics what was the role of genetics in him in healing yeah so it's fascinating once we got to the genetics for him because we did so many things in the genetics we got this like oh this makes so much sense as to why he has problems with different fats why he has problems with some of your basic digestion like a food two snip where your microbiome is not going to be as healthy and optimal that sets that stage and that domino effect to you don't have the right nutrients and your body's fighting the mitochondria for energy and then toxins and other stress puts your body at a higher level and his genes make it where he has a lower threshold for stress. He has a lower threshold for toxins. So those kinds of things, whenever he, they over that burden and you can't make the glutathione as well, not efficient at detoxing, 
now all of a sudden autoimmunity, you're kind of set that stage for autoimmunity. So the type of diabetes he has is that autoimmune. So if you can't resolve just those little stressors, eventually tissue damage happens. And now your body couldn't really resolve them to begin with, but now you have more tissue damage. Now it really can't resolve them. So for his genes, when it came to the fat processing, which people think with diabetes, isn't it sugar? Not necessarily. So your body has to be able to process sugar and protein and um, fats. Any of those fall apart, you are going to be susceptible to a disease in some other state because you put too much burden. So for him, with his fat metabolism, with some of his microbiome, histamine, things that were inflammatory, the genes to help resolve inflammation just from normal living, those were um, he's got SNPs there. So they're kind of like a lower threshold made him much more susceptible to something like the diabetes that he has. Uh, so what did you do? How did you help him? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was, um, peeling back the layers and working solid on the foundation. So we start off like a micromanaging and really trying to dig in and do this and do that and do that. And we would make a little progress, but then it would like, we would, you know, regress. And it was like this constant kind of back and forth. So once we pulled back and said, okay, let's just start the very foundation and look at what are the very, very basics. Like for him, he's very susceptible to stress and stress will affect every single process in your body. Even good stress affects every single process. And so that leads to every one of our genes. If we have a, you know, like that one lane highway, even happy, good stress can affect that potentially negatively. So we did, we worked heavily on stress management and that included making sure that our circadian rhythm was right, that he wasn't doing a lot of really super big activities at nighttime when the body should be getting ready for rest. So addressing the stress component was probably one of those big game changers. We had a lot of kind of big game changers, but the stress, making sure that stress was very well balanced, um, eating really good whole foods. He does not eat any processed foods, um, making sure he's getting the rainbow of foods, very basic digestive support to help support like the food two SNPs with probiotics. A lot of times there's those that have the food twos, you do need specific probiotics because your body doesn't help to support those um, micro microbes naturally. So understanding that um, exercise at an appropriate time, not over-exercising, making sure that we're, you know, getting exercise, getting outside, doing those things, but not getting to where he's in that stressful state. So the stress is really, really key for him. Because if we go back, one of the things I didn't mention was we had those four miscarriages, but the pregnancy with him was incredibly stressful. We had lost four prior during the diagnosis of, or the pregnancy of him, it just, there was a lot of stress. So he developed in a stressful state. So he's very, very sensitive to stress. And that's always whatever we do is like, okay, how does stress fit into the picture with him? So making sure that we just stick back with the basics, work on those, and then tweaking with supplements as needed with different testing that we did, like stool testing and organic acids and blood work and allergy testing, all these other tests we would layer in after we had that foundation. Then we started seeing longer term success instead of, you know, two steps forward and one step back kind of a thing. So how is he doing now? He's doing great. So before he was diagnosed, so from, um, so we had a rough pregnancy, he did make it to term, um, but he had severe GERD and reflux from the very first time that he nursed. He was sick all the time. He had RSV, he had eczema, he had chronic constipation. 
um, a lot of different, um, especially sinus and respiratory challenges from like, he had, you know, almost just a very young infant until he was diagnosed, even about six months after he was diagnosed with type one, everything has been resolved except for his type one diabetes. So now he doesn't have the eczema. He does not have the chronic respiratory illnesses. Like he used to, if you just kind of mentioned the word, oh, the colds going around, he'd be sick. It was like literally his body just would hear it and he would be sick for two weeks. He's not had a cold, um, maybe a couple in the last couple of years, but they've been normal where you have a cold like a day or two and he's well, like he's, he, his immune system's working properly. He doesn't have the skin issues. Um, the constipation is bowels. I mean, everything else has been resolved and he is amazing except for we still have that autoimmune type one. Okay. So, um, Maybe in some points for the chronic disease, uh, it cannot be removed totally from your body. Is that what you say? Uh, but we can uh, actually find a lot of healing opportunity and doing something that you feel great anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so for him, I mean, he, so many, I mean, everything has all been resolved except for the type one with the type one, we did have a really long extended honeymoon. It was a couple of years and he still doesn't need a lot of insulin. Like he does really, really well with not needing like tons and tons of insulin. One of the challenges with type one is you can develop insulin resistance, which that's more the type two diabetes. And so he has, um, you know, he's not really gone down that path because we do so well with all the other management and we're still on that path, like, you know, to try to reverse this or to put it in remission. Like there's most or many of the autoimmune type of conditions have been shown that you can put them into remission. Things like MS, um, there's Hashimoto's. A lot of people have been very successful in putting those into remission. Yeah. Type one, I'm not aware of anyone who has. If there is, please contact me. I would love to talk mm -hmm. with you. Um, but that's our goal is to put him into remission. And so we haven't given up on that hope. And I do believe that it is possible. I think it's very, very challenging because it is at your very core of energy metabolism, where things like MS is not necessarily part of like your energy source, like the diabetes is like at that very foundation, that foundation is cracked. So um, many, many autoimmune conditions, though, have been put into remission. And so I think there's should still be hope for so many people. So uh, I see from the functional medicine uh standpoint sometimes people are rushing to get the medicine and to uh, i mean to feel much better so that's why they go through conventional medicine to get some drugs and medicine to feel much better but because it's a chronic disease still those things there there are a lot of layers inside that should be healed um what I'm saying, and from your words as well, we need some time, right? For um, if you want to go through the functional medicine path, is not one day uh, getting better results, right? It takes time, right? Especially for chronic disease like cancer. I've heard uh, even with the stage four cancer, so many people get good results from the functional medicine. And even with the autoimmunity and a lot of other disease um, and Hashimoto's, even Hashimoto's with changing a little bit diet, lifestyle, they can get better. So what is your exact recommendation 
as they have these issues with their child, how they can come to you and how you can help them. Yes. Um, the first one is, I think what you just hit is making understanding that there is, it takes time. And so our blood cells, they are red blood cells. They have a lifespan of like 90 to 120 days. So understanding first that major component, I'm glad you brought that up because it's not a very quick fix. We have these long diseases. It takes some time for that to happen. And we have to slowly build that. So if we're working with me, like specifically, I've got a lot of different resources. There's, um, you can book a call with me to, you know, start that process of let's just open up, let's look at, well, what is your history? What are, you know, these different clues that you have from your past? What's going on currently? What are the labs look like? Look at all of these pieces of the puzzle, lay them out, and then we can kind of create a strategy from that. So I do do free consults on that. I do a free strategy call to let's just look at to see how it is I can specifically help you. And I may not be able to help you. And if not, I do have a pretty big network of other practitioners that I have met along this way of my own journey that I'm like, oh, you know, you, this is the person you need to talk to because they can probably help you. I can't. Um, so that's kind of the starting point is to like, you know, book a call. I've got lots of free resources on doing a functional medicine, a, um, health questionnaire to see where are you at right now? Yeah, exactly. Your website. What I like about your website is that questionnaire and you have assessment. So it's mm -hmm. free. They can go. I, I, I actually did it myself as well. So you can go there and do the assessment. This kind of assessment is not free or you cannot find everywhere. But this website actually gives you this uh, opportunity to assess your body, right? Yes. And I've got a free guide because I mean, the things that I offer you for the free is like those you have to do. So no matter what practitioner you're going to work with, most everyone will say, hey, this is where you're going to start. So it's a safe place that you've got to work on those foundations. And for some people doing those foundations, that's all you need to do is to make some certain lifestyle changes or diets, but you can find those um, strategies in my strategy guide. Say, hey, these are the different sections that you need to be looking at. These are the core areas where there's going to be opportunities for healing. So which ones are specific to you? And then you start peeling back those and just, you know, taking those opportunities and different strategies for that. Okay, if there's a diet or if it's lifestyle for my son, you know, doing a bunch of activity at seven o'clock at night was not good for him. So it was a simple thing of like, let's just not do soccer at seven. We're going to change to a different sport. We started doing tennis and it was more like 10 a.m. And it, you know, fit much better with that circadian rhythm. So those kinds of things and opportunities you know, don't necessarily need to go see somebody to like make those changes. So that's kind of the stuff that's in my guide and on my website are. Selena, very... you actually mentioned very delicate matter. I should have talked to another interviewees and she also said the same thing. Some people, some people go to gym after work. They are already tired. It's all right. Their body already tired. They need the rest, not taking the exercise, right? And uh, they think that this kind of lifestyle can change, can help them uh, stay healthy. But as you say, sometimes uh, you you make yourself much exhausted and <laughs> lack of energy. You have nothing to, you know, improve in your health, right? So. Uh, that was really interesting, as you said. You changed the uh, uh, hair ex his exercise um, in uh, in his 
uh, regular timing is after 7 p.m. Now he goes in the morning, right? Because he has more energy to do this kind of uh, hard work. And yeah, and I see some people when I was in Australia studying, I used to go and doing some exercise in the morning. Before starting the work or going to university, I start fresh in the morning by doing some workout. And I think that's the best strategy instead of you just postpone it to your work, like after work when you are tired and you have no energy and you lose your energy when you are doing the workout. It changes that whole your cortisol. And so that cortisol is going to increase your sugar and the stress response. It changes a lot of things metabolically and it shifts your body when you're supposed to be winding down and now you've revved up again where the cortisol is high in the morning and you're supposed to be doing that. So it fits. Yeah. So exactly. like that simple change can make a huge difference for some people. And it's just yeah. a very simple thing. Exactly. So a little bit changing with diet and lifestyle can change your whole life. Even you have chronic disease or you are having a lot of pain, uh, you may actually reduce it with some small changes in your life. Thank you so much, Selena, to be here. And uh, we will have you very soon in our book launch next year. I'm saying next year from now is like a few months. I know. Right? Yeah. yeah. In March or February, we are actually uh, very excited to start this book together. And we have other functional medicine practitioners there. And we will announce the launch very, very soon. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you. Please subscribe to Pontal Calhoun Transition channel to get the latest interviews and order my book PTSD Compass through Amazon. How to confront PTSD and navigate trauma to triumph.